Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, what up? Welcome in. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is All Ball. Well, welcome in. And if you listen to part one of Chris Crutchfield, you're like, man, that guy is a great guy. What an interesting story, an interesting journey. Part two, well, it gets even more interesting. Why leave being an assistant coach and a highly paid one at Arkansas to take a Division II head coaching job somewhere in Oklahoma. Oh, yeah, and then how to get the, I guess, dream job of being the head coach of Zalmata. All that's in here. Let's get to part two with Chris Crutchfield here on Alba. So you go to TCU. What was, what was Neil like? Oh, he came from Roy Williams. I mean, they, 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 they won a lot of games at Kansas when he was there. So, so he was sharp. He was smart. Uh, play for Coach K at West Point. So, I mean, you, you can only know what, what that uh, characteristic was like. So he was real detail-oriented. And uh, and I learned, I learned, you know, Kansas basketball. I learned the North Carolina transition break. I learned a lot of things about basketball that I, that I thought I knew, but I learned even more just being around him those two years. When you're at New Mexico State, you guys won a lot, right? What, yeah. what about at, at TCU? I think you guys struck, right? That was in the Mountain yeah. West, I think, right? Correct. That's correct. Um, and and that was before they did all the facilities. That was before they threw a bunch of money into the program. Yeah. Exactly right. Not easy. Hard job. Yes. TCU is a very, very hard – which is funny because now TCU, it's not an easy job, but now it's a place that's kind of – that's kind of a hot place, right? When they change, when you change facility and you got resources, <laughs> it's amazing what you you can do. Yeah, yes, completely. Um, uh, and then, okay, so now you're moving around. You guys get l- let go at the end of your second year. Right? Well, actually, I I left to go to War Roberts. Okay, and 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 they stayed around for another year. They kept Neil okay. for another year. Um, so, so now you go work for Scott. Correct. What was that like? I was shocked that uh, the Oral Roberts job was better than the TCU job at that time. Yeah. Believe it or not, when I tell people that, they're like, no, no way. I was like, oh, yes way, yes way. From salaries all the way up until all of it, just what the program was. Scott had done an unbelievable job there. I replaced Corey Williams and uh, went in there and we won conference championship the first year. I mean, just ran through it and I ended up going to the NSA tournament. And uh, if I am mistaken, we ended up going to two more NSA tournaments and another postseason play while I was there. But I was there for four years with Scott. Scott was great to work for. And we had some really good players. Uh, 
and uh, had a lot of fun. I, I, I really enjoyed living in Tulsa. Um, then I no, I got blessed and had the opportunity to go to Oklahoma after that. Um, at, at, at Oral Roberts at the time, though, as much as it's a better job in terms of resources, support, you're working for a good dude, not a yeller, screamer, cursor, right. you know, whatever. Right. Uh, but, like, did uh, kids still had to wear a tie to go to class, right? You still have, you know, you still have an honor code. There's still, you know, there was a time there where you guys couldn't recruit kids with tattoos. Like, that's not easy. Th- no. That, that's we, not easy. No, what? You didn't have to wear ties back then. They just released that. But you had to wear a collar okay. shirt. Okay. So a polo, a polo did work. Uh, and you had to wear pants. You couldn't wear shorts. Uh, and you had to go to chapel twice a week. So I was able to put a spin on that, Doug. I mean, anytime you're going to do a home visit, and you're yeah. talking to a, a mom. Sure. Like, there's nothing wrong with going to church. Yes. <laughs> and, and, most- and and yeah, so it's it's yeah, it's all it's all the mobs. The the, the players in their hand, that's like a oof, that's <laughs> no, the hard. players is like no, 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 no. And mom was like, I want you to go to Oral Roberts because you're going to go to church three times, two times a week. That's pretty good. <laughs> um, how did you, how did you uh, get on with Coach Kruger? How that, how that all go down? Actually, uh, my good friend, Lou Hill. Uh, Lou Hill. Uh, and I've been friends since my time at Tyler Junior College. And we've always kept a relationship. And, uh, it's funny. I tell people this story, Doug. Every time I was at Oral Roberts, we would play Southern Utah. So you fly into Vegas, and we would stay in Vegas and then drive up for the game and come back. For four straight years, I would always go and see Lou and see Coach. And at the time, I didn't know Coach, but Lou introduced me to him, and we'd go to lunch. When it's suitable, we go to dinner. i stop by the office and just talk for four straight years. Then – when they get the job at Oklahoma, he called me and asked me, he said, Crutch, is Oklahoma a good job? I said, why you ask? He was like, I think coach, they offered coach a job, but he turned them down. I said, well, it's it's probably one of the better jobs in the state. I mean, they've had success. Now they got some problems because of you know, what's going on there now, but coach, coach is good at that. He specializes in turning things around. And sure. don't say another word about it. Two weeks later, you know, he gets the job, and and then he called. He said, "Would you have any interest? Coach wants someone that knows Texas and knows Oklahoma recruiting." I said, "Would I have any interest? Yeah, I'm on my way. You, you tell me I can get the job. I go interview. It go well. He calls Scott, and uh, I'm waiting by the phone. Man, one day he said he calls Scott and tells Scott he's gonna offer me the job. Right." And this is about nine o'clock in the morning. He said he's gonna call you on your school on your on your desk phone by about noon. I said, okay, I'll be here. We used to go to lunch every day with our staff at Oral Roberts. That day I didn't go to lunch. I'm waiting at my desk by the, by the desk phone. Back then, there you know you had desk phones back then. <laughs> and uh, he called by twelve forty five and offered me the job. You know, what's interesting about that is uh, uh, my dad actually, you know, got a chance to coach Coach Kruger in college as, on the freshman team. And then he was an assistant on the varsity at K-State. I didn't know that. that 
Yeah. yeah. No way. Yeah. With Jack Hartman? Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. Uh-huh. And then I nearly went to play for him at Florida. Oh. And Miles Simon is my best friend, right? Yep. So Miles was the class before me. And uh, um, he, they recruit us hard. Uh, man, why am I forgetting? Oh, man. Oh, he had an assistant who actually, like Lou, passed away last year. Ron Stewart. Yep. So uh, Ron basically lived out in Orange County trying to recruit the two of us. So Miles went on a visit the year before and loved it and then got on a plane to come home. And he was like, it's too far. I can't do it. Um, I, I love Florida. They went to the final four in 94 and I was like all in. And, uh, but they had been on me for so long. I think they were just, they were just like worn down with the fact that like, I want to take my visits. And I started to get interested, interest from other people. And, um, anyway, but you fast forward to when coach took that job. I'll never forget. I was in Connecticut and, uh, Josie, actually, I, I reached out to Josie to see where he was yep. with the coaching search. And he said, what do you think? Cause I done, my brother was at San Diego state and I had done a bunch of UNLV games. Yep. He said, what do you think about coach Kruger? I said, you can't find a better guy to turn around your program, yep. you know? And, and, and as you know, for what, for what that place needed, where to let people in, you know, mm-hmm. to be kind of a man of the people. Plus, you know, they love golf and he loves golf and yep. all that stuff. So when he didn't get him the first time, you know, he was kind of going through his list with me. He didn't use a committee. He he didn't use a, a search firm or whatever. He was just yep. doing his own thing. So he's kind of, I was like, I said, well, why did Kruger turn you down? He said, you know, I don't, I don't know. My, so well, how much, I was like, why don't you just offer him more money? <laughs> and he did. And, you know, Coach Kruger to this day would say, you know, you know, he was in bad financial shape. He knew they couldn't match. And uh, and and Vegas has, you know, never been the same. Like, obviously, now Kevin's trying to save it. Right. But it, right. it literally never been the same. Nope. And um, OK, so what is it about Lon Kruger? Like, what's the what's the magic? What's the secret sauce there? I just at the at the heart of it all, he's a good man. He's a good man that care about kids and he's smart. He's really, really smart. And uh, I think when you got those things going for you, you're going to be successful no matter what you do. And, uh, and he treat people right. He treats everyone right from, from a billionaire donor to the manager. He's going to treat you the same. And, uh, and I enjoy that. A guy of his statue, just watching how he maneuvered through the office. When strangers came in the office, he would roll off the red carpet for him like, like he knew him for 20 years. And he would just treat everyone so sincere, so genuine about uh, the way he went about things. Very professional with, with, with the staff. Uh, and he was demanding for the players, but he was fair and he was firm. But he was a good coach. I mean, he knew he was – I tell people this today, Doug. He's the one of the best basketball offensive minds in the game of basketball. Uh, and, and the time he put in watching film, the way he could dissect a, a defense, uh, 
to squeeze squeeze out an extra six, eight points a game. Uh, he was really good at that. Yeah, no, he just he had great, great basketball mind. Um, the building of that Final Four team, and obviously it didn't end great in the Final Four, but that's kind of a moot point, right? Uh, the building blocks of it. Talk to me about how you guys in recruiting put that together. Well, it started off, we knew we needed better guards in that 2012 class, right? And uh, where we were, we really couldn't get involved with any high major guys. Um, so so luckily, I had a relationship with Buddy Hill from my time at Oral Roberts from, you know, in Bahamas. We, we kind of helped put him at sunrise at that time. At that time, we had no idea he was going to be what he's going to be. Uh, we got lucky with Buddy. Lou picked up Isaiah Cousins from Mount Vernon High School in Mount Vernon, New York, who uh, was getting some A-10 fields, but no, no one really pulled the trigger. The only, only reason Lou took him because he kind of reminded Lou of himself, and and he was from Mount Vernon. <laughs> and, and then we ended up getting a kid, uh, Jalon Horn, Hornbeck from Dallas. He was a highly recruited kid, maybe rounds out of top 100. We was able to convince Ryan Spangler to come back home from Gonzaga, uh, who was a really good high school player in Oklahoma. And we took a kid by the name of DJ Bennett, uh, was a junior college kid from Indian Hills Junior College by way of Chicago. And that was our first recruiting class. And uh, we thought we had all the right guards. We thought we had a, a big time piece in Ryan Spangler. And we just thought DJ was a, a good enough athlete to play in the big Big 12. He was a backup in the Big 12, what he was. And uh, the whole thing was if we keep this group together and can plug in a couple pieces along the way, uh, we will have a chance to be really, really good. We didn't think we would be, you know, Final Four good. We didn't think that. But but as luck have it, everything fell into place. Everything fell into place. Those guys got bigger, stronger. Buddy turned himself into a great shooter. Isaiah turned himself into a, a playmaking guard at 6-4. And, uh, of course, Ryan Spangler did all the dirty work. He was the best rebounder. He was the best uh, position defender. And uh, he just did all the things that brought everything together. He was the perfect glue guy on that on that Final Four team. But uh, it is amazing the competitive uh, spirit that Buddy had, that Isaiah had. And that was the core of, of the whole thing, man, because you we built around those two guys. Um, yeah, the, the Buddy the Buddy healed effect, right? And just his infectious personality. Yep. Um, what's that like to be around on a daily basis? It was fun. It was fun because I remember him as a freshman telling all the older guys that we had and heard in our program that they were soft and they weren't tough. And, and, you know, I can't wait till you guys leave. You know, he he was like that. And uh, I knew then, I was like, this guy's crazy. Either he's crazy or he's serious. Like, like he's telling these upperclassmen that they're soft and they not, they're not competitive. And this is freshman year in college. And he he didn't have a great freshman year, of course. But he was, a like I told you, he was a, every day he brought it. He played hard. And he had this competitive spirit about him that that was so contagious, and eventually, 
it just bled into those older guys who end up being a 10 seed in the tournament as first year, end up getting beat by San Diego State. But we had we had jumped in year two uh from not making the tournament in year one to year two with that 2012 class of being a 10 seed. And we felt like we had jumped a year in, in our rebuild. So you you go to, uh, it's funny, you go into the next year, which is year three. Uh, we Luckily, we're a five seed. I don't know how that happened, but we ended up getting beat first round by North Dakota State in Spokane. And that was kind of the the the. the I was, the I was there. I called the game. Called the game. Oh, oh my! <laughs> you were up four. No way! With like, yeah, you were up four oh. with oh. like a minute minute thirty to go. Yep. Went, ended up going to overtime. Yep. Yep. Miss free throws. I, I yeah, miss free throws. I think DJ fouled out. Somebody fouled out too. Something. It was mystery throws, a couple dumb plays, and a foul out or whatever, you know. And no, it's like no, no, I tell you what happened. Uh, Isaiah Cousins fouled a kid on a three point shot. That's what it was. Yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> Did he foul out? <laughs> exactly right. So, so that that game, that game, Doug, kind of was the uh, the gas for our, for our, for the program. The, the competitive spirit even more. Because those guys were so upset that they lost uh, the way they lost it, because they knew they gave the game away, and those guys all played a, a big part. Buddy Isaiah, uh, Jalon, they all played a big part in that game. Ryan Spangler, uh, so they worked their butt off that off season, and I knew, I knew. Then I told Coach and Lou, and Lou would always say like, like th- that loss was good for us. We had made the tournament. Everybody was happy, but that loss was good for us because now we we had to grow up and be serious about the game of basketball. And that off season, uh, I think, I think we added a couple more pieces. We added a shooter, a uh, kid by the name of Frank Booker, uh, came in and because uh, we needed more shooting to space the floor. And that junior year was the year we ended up going to the Sweet 16, you know, getting beat on the last second shot by Michigan State on the offensive rebound. And we really felt like that was a year that we that we 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 grew up to the point where we knew we had something here. And we kept them all together, man. That was the key to the whole thing. Those guys had played 109 games together. Ryan Spangler, Buddy Hill, Isaiah Cousin, and Jordan Water. Those guys play 109 games together. And that was that was the team that that ended up going to the Final Four uh, just because we had chemistry, we had a connection, and we, we, we was talented, of course. But when you keep a group together that long, like in this day and age, you're probably going to win. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events... 
You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney Collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility Dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. What do you remember? Let's take the good memories. So what do you remember, you know, Hopkinsville, Kentucky to junior college to UNO to UTSA to junior college? What do you remember about walking out 75,000 people or in Houston to watch your game? It, it was an unbelievable experience. I get chills right now just thinking about that. Cause, and the good part about it, they would take my boys with me on the floor, and they was probably probably 15, 13, 14, 15. And you know how it is when, you, when you're that age. You know, everything is big. And had a chance to get them on the floor and hang out for the for the practices, and they're on the bus, you know. You and you know what kind of escort you get when you're in the Final Four. So it's, it's a, it was an unbelievable experience, man, for them to be able to to be a part of that and see that and experience that. Because as a coach, that that is the ultimate goal, man. It's so many years we go to the coaching convention, and you always dream of being in the Final Four as a coach. Like you go. You go to the practices, you go to the games, but the ultimate goal is I want to be on that floor one day and see see what that's like. And, and you know, we had the opportunity to do that. And one of those memories that will last forever. Um, the other side to it was Villanova was amazing that night, right? Uh, and you had beaten them early in the year. Yeah, I wasn't going to break I wasn't uh, going to break it up. <laughs> but I, how, do you, how, do you, how do you end the moment you know, not lose your mind because you did make the final four, right? Like you get beat by 44, but on the other hand, there's so much good. What's like the juxtaposition of emotions? What's that? Well, what's that like? I think no one could have handled that better than coach Kruger and the way he, he, he came into the locker room after the game, even at halftime, he was, he was down 20 at halftime and and no one thought the game was over cuz we came back out we cut it to 9 and thought had some momentum but it's one of those nights man we just didn't make a shot the shots that we had been making a week before in Anaheim we we couldn't get those shots then of course Villanova made everything and on top of it 
we we beat them pretty convincingly in, in December in, in Hawaii, and we beat them pretty bad. I mean, we was up 20, 28 at one time on them. And I think that helped them a little bit get a little more focus. And uh, it, it was it was a tough one. It was a tough one to sit down there and watch that thing transpire in front of all those people. But in hindsight, you made it to the biggest stage, and a lot of teams will love to trade places with you. And uh, and I hated for those guys to have to go out that way, but they had a fantastic career at Oklahoma. And uh, to this day, Buddy says he's never watched a game. What's uh, what? What was leaving Oklahoma like? It was time. It was time. Uh, I've been there eight years, and uh, I interviewed probably seven times for head coaching jobs in the last probably two, three years, and never could get a shot. And I, I just felt like it was time for me to leave. It was time. I've done all I could do here, and coaches, coach was great. Uh, I I just thought that. It was time for me to move on and do something different or be be around someone else uh, to learn something different that, about basketball. So I made the jump to to Arkansas with Eric Musselman. And I've had Eric on. I've known Eric a long time. He is – there are no two more different people right, in terms of energy. Like he, make, he can make coffee nervous right, with his level of energy. What's What is that? What's that like for you to go to work where it's so different in terms of your boss than the guy you worked for for eight years? You know what? I tell people all the time that it was fun because I say this, I've been really blessed though, to be around the people that I've worked for from Lou Henson to Neil Doherty to Scott Sutton to Lon. They all had that same personality. You know, they was all kind of laid back, mild-mannered, not yelling screamers. Uh good people. And then I go to work for Eric, who's high energy, high obtain. I mean, he's uh, impulsive. And uh, it was just quite, it was quite different. It was quite different, but he's, he's, he's unbelievable in his game prep. He's unbelievable in practices and the way he run a practice. And I still use some of the stuff that he that I learned under him today with my program here in Omaha. Like, like some of I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, I've kept practice schedules. I got him in my desk right here. Like, he's he's really good. He's a good coach, and I knew he was going to be successful. I mean, we won twenty games that first year with some talent, but not a not a lot compared to what people had in the SEC. Sure. What what was the S like? What was coaching in the SEC like? It's very different from the Big 12. Very mm. different from, you know, when you're in the Pac-12 later. Oh, I tell people all the time, like, the athletes, they're bigger, faster, jump higher. <laughs> and they're not as skilled as guys in the Big 12, but the athleticism was, was off the charts. I mean, everyone had seven, eight big-time athletes. And that's what's the difference. And the teams that had the really good guards, though, those are teams that, that, that won. You know that Kentucky's; uh, those are teams that that did well in the tournament. Uh, then you made the decision, "Hey, I'm gonna, I want to have coach my own team, my own program." And you, it was back to to D two. What was what's that decision? Because I'm there was a lot of people like, "What are you, what are you doing, man?" Oh yeah, what are you doing? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And that was one of those come to Jesus moments, and when you sat down with you with your wife and 
to say, hey, we got to change it. And it's funny, it was it was after COVID. COVID was just coming into play, right? Right, right. And had no idea what college basketball was going to be like the next year, right? Because we shut down in the conference tournament in Nashville, Tennessee. We beat Vanderbilt the next day. We were getting ready to play South Carolina. Boom, shut down. And I had no idea what was going to happen. Like, we couldn't go on the road recruiting in the spring, in the summer. So, I mean, my boys was home with me. Uh, they both – one was in junior college and one was at Stetson down in Florida. And they was home with us for the, the four months. Playing for Corey, right, Stetson? Yeah, sure did. And so I I, I was like, no, I missed I missed the, the kids being around because they had been gone. We was empty nesters. And I said, you know what? I put all this time into other people's kids. I need to coach my own. And we decided to take a huge pay cut and move to Ada, Oklahoma. And our boys came down there with us, and we coached them. And that was the best year. I'm telling you, Doug, I had I had so much fun. And it was great to be able to take a, a back seat to all the riffraff of, of Power 5 basketball and, and really, really coach and be involved with my guys. And we still couldn't go recruiting back then. So I was home every day. I mean, every Saturday, the kids would come over. Uh, we would watch football. Uh, we would eat Sunday dinners together. And it had been a long time since we'd done that. And you know you know how important that is with family, uh, especially once they're gone, then they come back. You really miss that. I thought that was a crucial time for me in my basketball career, just to be able to take that time. It's kind of like a sabbatical almost because it was all basketball. It was all basketball and all family, and it gave me a great work-life balance, and I really enjoyed that year. But you only did it for a year, right? It was, it was, it was literally a year sabbatical. Then you go work for Dana. Yep. yep. Who's that's kind of back to the what you're used to, right? No doubt. He's an, he's an all t- all time, all timer great dude. Uh, <laughs> and all things kind of circling around Omaha. How'd the how the Dana job come to be? Uh, Stubbs, I, I was sure I'm sure set you yep. up there, right? No doubt. Stubbs and Coach Kruger, you know, they go back. Dana worked for Lon at K State and sure. they've been connected for years and then Dana, then Stubbs was with Dana for you know eleven years, so we've been all in the same family you know since I've been with Coach Kruger forever. You know me and Stubbs played here together, so we've been best friends since. I mean, I hosted him on his official visit, so that tells wow. here. So we've been friends for a long time. So when he called, I didn't. I said no. I said no, and I was like Dana. I can't, I can't do that right now. My kids going into their senior year. I told him I was going to coach him, and then Coach Kruger called and said, "Crutch, you've been, you've been busting your butt trying to be a Division One head coach. You think you're going to get a Division One job from from East Central?" And he was honest. And he was brutally honest with me, and I said, "You're right, Coach. You got a point there." So I thought about it for a couple of days and went home and talked to the family and you know shed some tears and talked about it more and more and end up end up. It worked out, me making the move to Oregon, uh, just because if I don't make that move, Doug, I don't get this job here no more. What 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 what's your biggest takeaway from working for Dane Altman? Um, it was different. 
it was different the way he, he ran his practices. He was the only one that had to practice sheet. <laughs> he does all that. That's his baby, right? Yeah. yeah. And it, it would be like on a little note card like this <laughs> front and back. <laughs> and uh, okay, uh, you get to see it every now and then. He'll show it to you and say, uh, go down, go down and take that group and go do this, this, and this. And uh, he would run the whole practices and it was fun. It was energetic. And he was he's smart. He kind of remind you a little bit of Coach Kruger a little bit, but he was big on defense. I mean, he would get down in the stands and do defensive slides with the guys. And uh, I, I really enjoyed it to the point where you know, like it was hard. If it wasn't for a head coaching job, I'd probably still be at Oregon right now. The UNO job comes open. Mm-hmm. Um, you're an alum. You've been looking for a head coaching job. But give, share with me the memories, if you will, of how it came to be. Do you remember where you were when you found out somebody told you it's coming open? Yeah, I was in my office and Dana walked in and, you know, he had had a conversation with his former boss, Bruce Rappinson. And uh, he said, uh, I think, I think, you know, is going to make a move. The, the, the new AD came from Creighton, worked for Bruce, and uh, I think they're going to make a change here in the next day or so. Would you have an interest in the job? I said, of course, I want the job. I mean, I, it, well, I didn't hesitate one minute. I said, I want the job. And, I mean, two days go by, three days go by, nothing happens, right? I'm like, oh, maybe it ain't going to come open. I left it alone. And that Sunday night, it, it came open, and Dana called and said, well, I don't know what's going to happen, but – you're going to be one of two or three guys that they're going to talk to. And when he said that, I didn't think I had a chance because, you know, I knew it was a couple of guys at Creighton that had ties to the AD that probably had a better chance uh, of getting a job than me. Then to be honest with you, Dana went to work for me. I mean, he, he flat out went to work. He called some people here in Omaha. He's got some things moving. And, and we was in the conference tournament and uh, we Zoomed. We had a Zoom interview, and uh, two days later, they flew to uh, Portland to see me. And that's how it happened. Did the president give you two hours to go home and get a suit and and take the job like he did at at Tyler? (laughs) No, but uh, after after they left Portland, we was on our way to the NIT, and I I didn't know what was going to happen. So it's funny. Uh, we take off to go to NIT, and we go play at Utah State, and we win. We go play at X, Texas A&M, and I'm on the road when when Adrian actually called and said, we want you to be our next head coach, and we're going to do a press conference here this day, this day. I'm like, oh, man, I don't have any – I don't have a suit with me. I don't have anything with me to do the press conference, and I'm on the road, right? I'm recruiting. Then I'm going to College Station for the game. So I had to call my wife and, you know, can you put a suit in the mail? Can you ship this stuff to me? And I go directly from College Station to Omaha. And the rest is history. So what's the place like now in comparison to what it was like then? Oh, it's totally changed. It's totally changed. It's a whole new city. Uh, and I left here in 96, 96. And we've been back because her her family, my wife is from Omaha. Her family's still here. 
And we've been back and forth to visit and stuff like that, but we haven't lived here since then. And like downtown's changed. The city has grown out west. Um, uh, economically, it's a whole different city. Uh, Brookshire, Brookshire Hathaway has has boomed in this city, and they call them the Brookshire Hathaway babies. Is there's so many companies here, so much, uh, so many resources here. The city has changed. This university has changed. I mean, we've grown to two campuses now instead of one campus. Uh, we've got an unbelievable facility that we play in um, where our guys live and it's a major entertainment area, exorbitant. And there's hotels, restaurants, bars, uh, you name it, right there where they live and is walking distance from the arena. And uh, we're, we're, we're really close, Doug, for this thing being a really, really big time job. Uh, we're, 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 we're a practice facility away from this thing being a really, really special place. Okay, so at your level, at your level, facilities still really important because you know at the Power Five level, they're like, it's just the NIL. Just get us the NIL, right? Right. What, what is what is recruiting like in the summer league? Well, I think I think it's it's really good. It's not an NIL deal. I mean, our 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 NIL will come down to retention more so than recruiting. Um, because you're always going to have power fives trying to take your best player away, right? So it's going to come down to how do you how do you how do you how do you manage that? You can't, you can't. If 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 you have success and you have a player that's averaged 15 plus points a game, it's likely that he's going to move. He's going to go somewhere, and uh, and that's okay. You you got a plan for it. You plan for it. You recruit like like it's going to happen, and because uh, you you know it's going to happen. So you're recruiting out of the portal, Juco, high school. What, what's your focus? First, first year, we went after high school kids, and we took uh, four junior college kids that had three years of eligibility left, and that was on purpose because we want. I wanted guys that that wanted to be here. I wanted guys that 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 I could build a culture around and build a culture with that wasn't going to leave. And uh, we've been really good because we flipped the roster. We only got one player that was on the roster when I took the job. But we've been able to keep a nucleus of guys, eight guys from last year's team that's with us still. And we plugged in one transfer, two high school kids, and a junior college kid. And uh, that's that's our team uh, outside of our walk-ons. So, so that eight nucleus guys that we're bringing back, that's the core of our team. And they all played quality minutes for us last year, even though it wasn't very good. They grew a lot of experience. And um, we wanted to take guys that that wasn't going to be looking down their nose at Omaha or, or UNO. Uh, we wanted guys that was going to be proud of coming to a place like this to build something special. And that's why we didn't go to the transfer portal. We turned down – we turned down – I'm telling you right now, we probably turned down five power five guys the first year because I didn't think you could really build a program at this level with transfers right away. Who are you most like when you're on the sideline? Like of all the guys you've worked for, played for, who do you say, this is who I'm most like? Probably Lon. In what way? 
Well, because I'm, I'm constantly thinking what's next. I mean, he's always been a guy that's always been two or three plays ahead of what's happening. And uh, and I tried to kind of emulate that a little bit because you can't – it's an emotional game, but you have to have – you got to be in control of your emotions all the time. Uh, if not, you can't think. And there's a lot of things going on around you. If you get caught up in the emotions of the game or what's going on, you'll lose track. And then then you losing you'll lose four possessions, and and won't even know it. So uh, I I try to stay mild. I try to stay real real low key. I don't get too high. I don't get too low. And I'm always thinking about what's next. You know what's next offensively. What's next defense? What's next substitution? Like I'm 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 always two minutes ahead of what the clock says. Who's the guy in your league that you're like, you know what? This guy's really good, and I wish more people knew how good he was. I don't want him to take my players, but he's really, really good. In our league? Yeah. it has been some good ones now. I thought Paul Mills was pretty good. He's gone. Yep. Eric Henderson is really good at South Dakota State. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a lot of respect for Dave Richmond at North Dakota State. Uh, all those guys do a really good job in their locations. Uh, and that's probably it. Is there any way you guys can get the tournament out of the out of the Dakotas? <laughs> right? Everybody in the league's like, man, they like, we gotta go up and win a tournament in the Dakotas. I'm glad you said that. Uh there's been a lot of a lot of people talking about that here in the last couple couple months. And yeah. uh it's funny, uh 2026, it is open for bit. So we'll see what happens. Get in, get in Omaha. All right, l- last thing. Who's the Chris Crutchfield out there? The longtime assistant that, man, this dude needs a shot. Right? And the, right? This may not be your ultimate shot, but it's your first Division One head coaching job. Who's the guy who you've been out on the road with, you know is really good, great dude, but, man, this guy's got to get a head coaching job. Oh, that's a good one. That's a really good question right there. Uh, I'll give you probably two or three names. Okay. Give me a why for each of them. Okay. Uh, One will be Yafet King, who's at Tulsa right now. Uh, He's been at the low, mid-major levels, mid-plus, experienced, Living in some major cities, got some recruiting contacts, worked for some really good guys, Tim Jankovich, people like that. Uh, he's one power five job away from, from being a Division One head coach. Okay, yeah, okay, one. Kings one. Okay. Emmanuel Dildy, who I had an opportunity to coach at New Mexico State, and he's been the same. He's bounced around from place to place, Eastern Illinois, Northwestern, spent some time in Oklahoma. Now he's at Duke. Uh, he's going to get a head coaching job here in two or three years. Okay. Um, got ties in Chicago. Great recruiter, great personality, experience. Um, the last one, I would say this, uh, Chris Curwell at Duke. You remember Chris as a player? Sure, of course. Uh, he's, he's, he's got experience. Uh, I think he's been around a little bit, spent some time at Marquette. Now he's at Duke. Uh, experience, 
uh, well-mannered guy, understands basketball, got recruiting ties all across the country. Uh, and he's a Duke guy. Uh, so he's he's another guy that's, that I think is ready. Those Dukies, I don't think they're going to need, need need help. Yafed King, they may need a little help. The Dukies, they don't, they don't, they're all on TV or yeah. in the NBA. No doubt, doing, doing doing what I want you. That Duke family, you're you're in a you're in a good place. Your yeah. favorite part about the job is what? Me here or just coaching? Yeah, period? no, right here. The, the well, either. Well, I I think in a place like this, Doug, when you when you this is your school. The amount of pride and the amount of ownership that you have as a head coach to try to build something, because because when you build it and you go to the NCAA tournament, it's going to be the first, and that's what I'm excited about. Every morning I wake up, I'm excited about that process. Like we're going to build something special that everybody's going to remember that day. Omaha name is called on Selection Sunday, and and that's the ultimate goal, and that's what excites us all. Awesome. Hey, man, it was great to catch up. I know you're super busy, but your story is an awesome one. And you're somebody who everybody who rubs shoulders with you just feels better because of it. So I, I always need it uh, to catch up. And I appreciate you joining me. Thank you for having me, man. It's been fun hanging out with you for a couple of hours, seemed like. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll talk soon. All right, buddy. That's it for All Ball. Remember to check out the Doug Gottlieb Show. It's a radio show, but also available in podcast form wherever you download this podcast or wherever you download podcasts on the iHeart Radio app. And of course, you can listen to it live on Fox Sports Radio or FoxSportsRadio.com or the iHeart Radio app daily, 3 to 5 Eastern time. And we also have a daily pod called In the Bonus. There's lots of different stuff that I can annoy you with my overall sports takes. My thanks to Chris Crutchfield for all of his time. Thanks to you for listening, downloading, and reviewing, rating. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is All Ball. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.